Hey folks, Chris here, further delaying the start of this new mystery. I'd like to lead off with thanking everyone for their patience. I do all the editing and running of the game, and I've got a full-time job, another TTRPG I run, and a number of other ways I like to spend my free time. So I'm doing my best to keep the show coming at a reasonable pace, but occasionally it just gets overwhelming. I'm sliding back into the groove, so fingers crossed I don't see any more delays in the near future. Next on the agenda, out of sight. Uh, this is Mystery 5 of Out of the Forest, and I'm trying some experimental stuff. One bit won't come up until Episode 4 or so, but this episode features a scene I recorded with each player individually. I don't intend to do that too often, but my players enjoyed it because it adds some fun intrigue and party dynamics. Also, fun editing when I didn't mute the other channels enough, and in the middle of a dramatic dialogue, I could search the players talking about my coworker's mug. Finally, usual Twitter stuff. Thanks to Val, Kalen, GetFAQ, and RedGadenWolf for following us on Twitter. You can join them at the Forestcast, where we post episode previews, maps, and other bits of media occasionally. If you follow us there, you might recognize the intro monologue that I posted the Saturday before this released. Alright, that was a long one, fitting, as it's the last bit of waiting after a notably long hiatus. I hope you enjoy it. We're moving into Act 2, where things are going to get more dangerous and more weird. Well, the only the only haunted place that I I know of is the haunted house that was in my neighborhood when I lived in Arizona. Right. Well, take heart. Chances are a Native American died literally wherever you are. So wherever you are is haunted. Oh no, it's true. But this one was actually like on the on like one of those certified haunted lists. Uh, but nobody nobody could visit it because it was on base. The horse oh. you came in on is haunted, in Baltimore. The horse you came in on? Yeah, the the saloon. Oh. oh. I thought you meant that I came in on a horse and the horse is haunted. I know, that's what I thought of too. I was like, what are you talking about? Anytime you ride a horse into Maryland, it immediately becomes haunted. It's like, ah, yes, my nightmare steed. <laughs> it immediately <laughs> turns into a ghost horse. Spooky ghost the, horse. Spooky ghost horse. It's the pub that um, Edgar Allan Poe died out back of. Oh, yeah. An invisible horse sleeping in your bed. <laughs> I ain't <laughs> What has this devolved into? Busting, busting, busting. Hello and welcome to Out of the Forest, an actual play podcast about a bunch of uh, $130 buckets, I guess? We're currently playing Monster of the Week by Michael Sands. I am Chris and I am your GM slash keeper and I'm joined by my players. I'm Evan and I'm playing Baron again. I'm Dominic and I play Karnunas. I'm Jessica and I play Enov. And I'm Alistair and I'm back to playing Isaac. Alright, yeah, everyone else is actually secretly playing their characters. Uh, Alice is actually the only one that switched for that one shot. If you if you listen closely to, back to all the details, you'll catch all the hints that uh, Sergeant James was secretly Carnunas that entire time. It's funny because dialectically, Southern uh, American Southern and Brit English have very similar accents in terms of the way that they use their phonemes. I, Fuck I you, we're not here to learn. This. I can't believe you're done this. <laughs> um... So welcome back to the the, the main canon. Um, obviously, that one shot we just did might eventually be the new main canon once we're done here. But that's 
not for a while yet. We're at most half of the way through this campaign, probably closer to one third of the way through this campaign. It all oh, depends on how things progress. I have literally no clue because it's really very much up to the players what the fuck's going to happen. Um, but it's good to be back. That hiatus went way longer than intended between the holidays happening and some issues with recording when we were doing the Michael Sands thing and just a lot of a lot of stuff happened. But in theory, when you're listening to this, it's going to be like fucking February and we're happy to have you back here. Uh, with that, I will go ahead and let this fade off into whatever music I've chosen. You can hear it starting to play now, and uh, we'll get into the, the opening monologue for, for this new arc. <laughs> now, oh, yeah, yes, now they can hear me? Hey, hey, bro-teenies and gal-teenies, welcome back to Martini in the Morning officially free of weird nonsense getting in the way of my smooth, smooth voice. The region's rolling blackouts have mostly subsided after having caused major power outages that affected approximately 10,000 Munstel residents over the course of the past month. A spokesperson from the Munstel Energy Company says there are still over 500 residents without power in the northeast neighborhoods, but that service should be returned by 6 o'clock tonight. The company stated that it has still not located the reason for the blackouts, but assures customers that they are nonetheless taking additional precautions to keep services Look, to, to lay it on the table, the reason for the cancellation was due to improper paperwork and permitting on our end. We were told that we went through the proper requirements of city council to get the event approved, but it appears that something was missed. And you know us, your safety is always our first concern. This has been seen in Munsdale before, and we're making sure that it is safe before allowing residents to enjoy their local parks. From what we can tell, the fungus spores contain hallucinogenic chemicals and are growing in lakes with large amounts of decomposing matter. Please, until further information comes out, stay away from any swampy or marshy areas and report any strange or unseasonable plant growth to the Munsdale Park Service. Have been filed in Northwest Munsdale. I've been trying to get my hands on some of the paperwork from the police, but it's really difficult. They keep changing their lock types on me. There's definitely something weird going on here. The media said the reports are delayed, and officials think the trails are going cold, but I can feel in my bones that there's more going on. The agent turns off the car, the radio fading out as the engine falls silent. He takes a deep breath and sighs it out. He is certain everything is going to be fine. He has trusted the agency with his life since he joined it, and nothing has changed, to his knowledge. Still, the knot on his stomach refuses to loosen even after having put forward a contingency plan. He tells himself he can trust them, though to whom he is referring is a mystery, even to him. He steps out of the car onto the bustling main street of Northwest Munsdale, where his assignment has sent him. Looking up and down the street, everything seems normal, but suddenly he freezes. The agent lowers his sunglasses, and we see terror in his eyes as he gazes at something we can't see. And then, without any warning or fanfare, we can't see the agent anymore either.
It has only been a few days since your trips to the Polymer Labs and the Town Hall Archives of Munsdale. You all have settled in and taken some time to catch your breath and lick your wounds and absorb the information that you've gathered as well as brace for impact for whatever's coming next. After taking one more night in the generousness of Balanos's offer, even if you opted to head on and hang out with Baron, because honestly, the apartment's a bit small, and the, the fear of having a landlord on you probably was not super nice prospect. Isaac, with your apartment repaired, uh, you went back to move back in with your roommates, having heard nothing from the cult or the agency afflicting your old home. And Kernanus, quite naturally, you just stayed living where you live because nothing bad ever happened to you. It is a couple of days later. Isaac, it is mid-afternoon, probably about a week into January at this point. I think that's where the timeline kind of lands us. Uh, what, the your, your roommates are out for the day um, on some, some date, best you can figure. Uh, what are you up to? Um, I think, uh, for my reference, is this um, within like maybe a week or so of when Kernunos and Baron went to the library? Uh, it's it's like two days after. Two days, all right, perfect. Um, back to to Isaac. Um, I think he would be sort of disseminating the information that he found out about ghosts, um, what they learned. Um, about Iris's origin um, when Kernanos and Baron came back from the library. Um, I think he's trying to track down Iris's family. Um, so whether that's uh, looking online for like the Hall family from the 70s, um, you know, Munsdale and, and trying to find references to them um, or seeing if there's you know, a shop or something that uh, is owned by a Hall family or um, just any reference to them. He he wants to try to see if they are still living and if they're still um, in the city. Yeah, that's fair. You're, you're looking through things, uh, starting backwards. You've got the article that uh, Baron had found for you and, you, you know, the, the, the address where near where it happened tracks with the the address of the the place that you had performed the seance that had gotten you entangled with iris in the first place and you're kind of like moving out from there trying to figure out like the names of her parents uh, if there was any other relatives where they might be now and as you you are, are scrolling through yet another google search with another combination of keywords that you you've thought up hopefully to to nail it down uh there is a knock at the front door of your apartment oh no close his laptop lid grab his cell phone uh and start recording just because the last time that an unannounced person was in his apartment uh it was a sketchy burglar um Burglars do tend to be sketchy, yes. Yeah, generally. Um, so he's going to start recording uh, and move to the door and look through the peephole. 
All right, yeah. Uh, you look through the peephole, and standing on your porch is a uh, a woman. Uh, she looks she's fairly tall. Uh, she is wearing a full suit and has a long scar down her face. Oh, she looks suspicious. Iris, I don't know who this lady is. Iris kind of pops out and kind of overlaps you a little bit to also look through the people, and then she kind of pops to the side and shrugs. I have a feeling that she's from the agency. I don't think they're still looking for us, um, but I, I don't like how we ended our last mission. Um, so if anything happens, go try to find the others. Drop me through the floor. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she, 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 she nods and kind of drifts backwards to, to like be a little further away from the door. He'll um, unlock the door, like the deadbolt, and kind of just open it a little bit and uh, say, um, hello, uh, can I help you? Uh, the woman looks slightly startled when you open the door, and you see that she's actually in a stance preparing to knock again. Uh, and she slowly lowers her, her hand and gives you a fairly warm smile and just goes, hello, I'm looking for Isaac Basque Is Is he here? No. Um, sorry, he's out. He... Yeah, that's me. Uh, who are you? Wonderful. My name is Agent Mendez. I'm sure you've heard of the agency by now. I've I've heard a lot about you. May I come in? Sure, yeah. It is cold out there, isn't it? He'll open the door a little bit further and let her in, but kind of stay close. Like, he's not letting her into the house, just kind of into the entryway. That's fair. Uh, she steps in and like it's a little awkward as she realizes that you're not really letting her in the apartment, just in the door. And she goes, I suppose that's fair. A little bit of caution never hurt anyone. As I said, my name is Agent Mendez. It is wonderful to meet you in person, Isaac. I've just been called to check in. There's been some concerns about misinformation, and I just wanted to make sure you... Well, understood. Agent Franks, I believe, was the one in charge of, uh, who, who, who deputized your... She, and she, she seems con- uh, a little conflicted, uncertain what word to use, and she goes, Friends? Or would, you, would you consider the, the, the three you work alongside with friends? Uh, yeah, I'd say that's right. Yes, and, well, he's... Agent Franks has been doing a bit of a hands-off management of them, and I wanted to make sure there weren't any misunderstandings with the position between the, the agency and your little uh, crew. Um, I, I might need a, a bit more context. Um, like you mentioned, I, I haven't really dealt with the agency directly, so you may need to fill me in a bit. What do you mean maybe by miscommunication? Well, you were all sent to do a mission at the recently cancelled Psycho Circus, and, well, I wouldn't call the the mission you completed a success, but I wouldn't call it a complete failure either. Fairly minimal casualties and managed to remove the threat from the immediate area. And, well, when we came to get your debriefing, you all fled the scene. We, we couldn't find head nor hair, and we were concerned that maybe you all had received a incorrect judgment or incorrect information about why we were attempting to locate you. In fact, we're not even sure you are a, a bit of an uh, X-factor here. Uh, 
no one recruited you directly to to uh, aid in the agency's objectives. So we don't really know exactly what your understanding is of the agency and what we do. Yeah, uh, that kind of does make sense. I don't really know too much about the agency, just sort of my minimal dealing with them through the rest of the group. I don't know that I would say we purposefully tried to avoid you after the mission. Um, we thought we still found the monster um, and we're trying to catch up with it. Uh, unfortunately, we did lose it through the park, but maybe that's why you couldn't find us. That's fair. I, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I guess you, you guys are in charge of looking into the monsters in Munsdale, and as they are discovered, or as you think that there are going to be monsters that pop up, uh, you let you know the rest of the group know, and, and by proxy now I'm kind of part of that. I, I hope that's okay, by the way. I, I don't know if I need to ask permission, um, but I'm, I'm already involved at this point, um, so... Yeah, and and we go and, you know, try to find the monster and try to uh, capture it or defeat it or kill it or something and, and save the town. And that's kind of all I know about your involvement. Am I missing something? Is there more to it? Well, you have more or less the shape of it. It's important to remember that you are but one team. You are not the only ones fighting the monsters, uh the agency has its own teams and well the troubles started getting out of hand so we've sought some uh, good samaritans like yourselves to aid us where we can afford the the brooch and security the more people that know about this the more panic spreads and as you've seen with this most recent one panic can often lend an arsenal to to the monsters that are assailing us um but i wanted to make it clear that if for whatever reason, your your friends are suggesting that we have anything other than good intentions for this town at heart. That simply isn't true. We are here for the protection of the town. Without us, this town would have succumbed to the monsters long before your your friends even began fighting against it. Your friend Karnunos is a recent supplant to this town, and well, honestly, we're not. Hmm. Between you and me, I'm not certain Kernunos can really be trusted. On the, I would say the majority of missions we've sent him on, there has been a casualty at his hand, and on several of them, that casualty was the only casualty marked on that mission. I mean, it's true he is a bit of a loose cannon. Um, not in a in a bad way, if there is a, a good way, I guess, for that, but um, I mean, these creatures that we're dealing with, you know, you know just as, as well as, as we do, they're unpredictable, and when we're in the midst of trying to defeat it, there's a lot that can go wrong. I wouldn't say it's something he's doing, you know, purposefully. I, I can't imagine he would be doing that on purpose. See, this is... This is what I was concerned about. You, you, you are making excuses for him. Uh, you don't have to do that. But if you need any proof that 
he's a little more dangerous than a loose cannon, um, I sh might not be supposed to be sharing this with you, but there was a student at, at your, your campus, a, uh, and she pulls out her notes and flips them and just goes, uh, Victor Polyak, uh, and we found his body left in the woods just outside of the hospital. And fingerprint records suggest that, well, Kernunus was the one who left him there to bleed out. That, that doesn't quite make sense. I'm, I mean, yes, he, he did take Victor to the hospital, which would explain fingerprints, but... Victor was never checked into the hospital. He was, as far as our, our uh, forensics stated, um, left there and then bled out on the spot. And when we returned to collect the body and return the body to his parents, uh, the body was taken. It was gone. We don't know where that body went. And, well, without a body, that case has still been marked as missing and... The, po the uh, Mr. and Mrs. Polyak are obviously quite worried about it. So he never got better. He never was checked in. He never went back home. Does not seem to be the case. Now, Karaninos very well may have had very good reasons for that, but and I, I'm sure he did everything he could. But I, I'm just saying that. Remember, the agency. We're we're the good guys here. We're just trying to help this town and keep unknown quantities in check. But that said, I, I do have another appointment. I just wanted to check in with you and, you know, give you a proper face to the name, even if the name is just the agency. Here, and she reaches into uh, a pocket inside of her suit jacket and pulls out a small business card and hands it to you. Uh, and it simply says Agent Mendez and has a number with no other identifying information on it. She says, let me know if you need any anything in the future. I'll I'll try and make time. And she walks out the door and begins making her way back to her car. He kind of just watches her go, um, sort of thumbing the edge of the card and thinks to himself for a bit, uh, then closes the door and tucks the card into his pocket. Kernunos, it is a couple days after your trip to the archives of Town Hall. It is the middle of the day. Uh, you are in your apartment. Balanos is off at work as a secretary at a desk job. I feel like I have to guess that every time we bring it up. Yeah, I think that's right. <laughs> um, I don't know. You ask her. <laughs> <laughs> Balanos! Balanos! Secretary? Thanks. All right. Yeah, yeah. Um, cool. Yeah, uh, and you are in the apartment alone. Uh, what are you doing? Uh, reading a magazine, I think. A magazine? Uh, you know, you know what? He's not doing that. He's reading a book. Because um, I don't know any magazines. Kernunos <laughs> <laughs> um, is reading A Tale of Two Cities. All right. Um, as you're reading this, flipping uh, to the next page, you hear a knock at your door. Uh, I think he he probably uses like a little pine like 
like a, a, a small pine branch as a bookmark. That sounds awful, but okay. <laughs> sure. Just not like not a branch, like a twig, like a twig from a pine okay, tree. Okay, like, like a little like thistle yeah. kind of. Like yeah. okay. you, you pinch off the edge, the end of a, a tree, you know. Gotcha. Okay, branch. that makes a lot more sense. I, um, even the thinnest branch of a pine, <laughs> I could a, not imagine being good for a book. The full full limb, leaking sap everywhere, oh, no. in in the middle of his his paperback. Um, yeah, yeah. He, he bookmarks and sets it on the table, and uh, I guess does do they have a uh, people? Yeah, probably. And he looks at the people. Uh, on the other side of the door is Erish Kegel. Oh god. Oh lord. All right. He uh like buttons the top button of his shirt and like you know smooths out his clothes so he doesn't look like a total slob who is just chilling on the couch and opens the door uh erish kegel stands there with a a kind of wistful smile on her face and she goes ah karen i was hoping you would be home uh no close to death neighbors this time i had to hoof it like any other mortal uh may i come in absolutely is, uh, she she walks on in at your uh, gesture and goes, is Balanus around? Uh, no, she's out at work at the moment. That's fine, no worries one way or the other, just thought I'd check, see if she was around. Um, so, how close are you, would you say, to collecting enough blood for your uh, arrangement with the gods? Um... God, Chris, you tell me. I, I've got three? Three bloods? You got two from the folk, random folks. You got one from uh, Baron. You got one from Russell. Okay. So you're four out of the five. Five. Okay. Uh, well, fairly close. I have blood from four out of five of the uh, volunteers. Well done. Well done. I, you know, credits to you. That's better than I would have expected. I don't know that you're very... Uh, I don't think you have much experience collecting blood sacrifices for yourself. No, no, not in that way. Um, that being said, you know, go back, uh, what, 2,000 years, and I could get plenty of blood if I had to, but no, not, uh, <laughs> not in the modern day. <laughs> yes, they rather cut back on the uh, sacrifice of biological materials in any I, sort. I feel like humans have forgotten that the purpose of blood is to sustain us, but... You know. <laughs> well, yes. Um, I was actually coming up, uh, about that specifically. You see, you need something, and I've got something of a favor I'd like to ask you. So I was hoping we could maybe come to a deal. Um, I'm willing to negotiate. What do you have in mind? I'd be willing to get you some willingly granted blood. In fact, I've already grabbed it. Please do not ask questions. It was a sordid affair. And she pulls out a vial of unmistakably blood. Uh, she goes, and even I'm willing to foot whatever demand the, the, the Pantheon wants of you next. So long as you uh, help me with my demand. And my demand, it's quite simple. I would like that ghost of your friends. She's been sticking around too long, and I think she'd suit her color quite nice. Now, Arash Kegel, I, uh... Well, I, I don't think I'm able to negotiate on the behalf of someone else. 
Remember, the, the whole point of this situ this whole situation is that things need to be given willingly, correct? Well, the blood did. This isn't a divine deal. This is a request from a friend. This is... Now, Erish Kigalat, I have to stop you. We are both literally divine beings. This is a divine deal. <laughs> okay, you've got me there, Ken. But, honestly, I'm not even asking that much. You're... You're helping a soul move into the afterlife where they belong. It's the natural order thing. I'm surprised you haven't put that on your to-do list already. Well, if we're being totally honest, it is on my list, but at the same time, uh, Iris is an asset that we're using. She will move on at some point, but for whatever reason, she's stuck around, and I don't think that's by accident. Erskiel kind of gives you a, 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 a look and just goes, You're telling me that you would deny a little girl her eternal rest so you could make her brave horrors for you. I don't think she's braving horrors for me. Not so much. Well, if you don't even know what's got her stuck around here, then why are you... Look, Ken, I want that spirit. Do we have a deal or not? No deal. I can't take... I cannot decide that for her or for Isaac. Hmm. You've really grown attached to these mortals, haven't you, Karen? I didn't think I'd see the day. Well... They're certainly helpful, and for whatever it's worth, the uh, the ghost is not a mortal in the the traditional sense. What's that supposed to mean? She's she's a ghost. She's not. She's not alive. She. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought maybe you were implying no. something more. Okay. No, it's just. Just that she's a ghost. Basic observation, okay. yeah. Mm. Yes, uh, okay, sorry. I, I I, thought you were leading no, to something ominous. No, you know what, I, I realize that that might have seemed a bit uh, loaded, but no, that, that, yeah. Okay, well, if you change your mind, the offer's still on the table, and who knows, maybe I'll find something to sweeten the pot eventually. In the meantime, um, I'd be careful. There's... A lot of competing interests in this town, and that never ends well for either mortals or gods. Yeah, you're you're telling me. I remember what the Romans did. <laughs> Just the Romans. I mean, look at their entire pantheon. It's not like they had a very good uh, example to follow. Uh. <laughs> well, Kernunas, I'll see you around. Um, you know where to find me, I suppose. Uh, yep. Yes, I do. And, uh, she gives you a wink and walks out the door. Enith. Yes. It's been a couple days, and this... I'm gonna have to find a way when I'm editing, and it might just be including this bit right here, what I'm saying right now, to make it seem less weird and repetitive, because that's the way I've introduced both other scenes. Uh -huh. um, but it has been a couple days since you went to the Polymer Labs with Isaac, and you spent the last night at Baron's Cabin, and now it's a about midday, uh, middle of the week. 
uh, without a shop to run, uh, you don't really have anywhere to be, but Baron has left for the day to go do some odd jobs around the town. What is Enif doing? Um... Mm, I think I think Enif's gonna be because uh, Enif's gonna be like sitting in the living room, and they will probably be trying to decipher the notes that they grabbed from the polymer lab. That's fair. Um, so you're kind of channeling your magic, trying to focus on it. Um, without being in the location where these were initially redacted, the spell is, is proving trickier than it was when you kind of had that as an anchor. Uh, but you, you have been making steady progress. Some of the arts have started to, to lighten up as the, the, the pen marks have been, you know, unfilled in. Uh, you haven't gone quite very far with that, and you are interrupted in your concentration by a knock at the door. Uh, okay. Um, I think Enif is going to real quickly... Um, stuff all of the things that they had out into their bag and hide everything. Um, they might even hide their bag like underneath the couch pillow or something. Um, and they will approach the door cautiously. Is there like a window close to the door? Uh, yeah, almost certainly there's going to be a window. Okay. Um, Enif is going to try and as inconspicuously as possible, peek out that window. I'm assuming it has like curtains in front of it. Sure, um, I'll make these decisions for Evan since he's not in this current chat. Yeah, um, um, I mean most people do. No, <laughs> no, like anyone who who has just open open windows, curtains open is a maniac. Um, and so uh, they're going to kind of incons- as inconspicuously as possible, just kind of peek out the window to see who's at the door. Um, you see a um. Sorry, my, my brain just stopped for a second. And um, you see there's a, a, a woman uh, standing at the door. She's wearing a suit. She's kind of tall and narrow. Uh, she's got short cropped hair and a long scar down her face. And I, I'm, I'm a, uh, yeah, there's no way I would recognize her. Um, hmm. Does she look like she would be like? Does she look like the agency kind of like the, the way they usually dress? Like, is that is I that mean, kind she, of the vibe she's in I'm a getting? Suit and sunglasses. Um, uh-huh. That's typically the telltale sign. But like, the nature of the agency is that they don't wear any like uniform other than that. Yeah. So probably, but also could just be someone in a business suit. It's a bright right. day out. They could be wearing sunglasses for the sun. It's true. Yeah. Um. Hmm. I don't know if I should answer the door. <laughs> um, okay. As you're I, considering this, uh, she she knocks on the door again. Okay. Um, I think Enif is going to uh, kind of like, just in case, kind of like uh, uh, is going to go and uh, go and grab their their bag and like put it on just in case they have to hightail it on out of there um, and open the door just a crack and. Uh, and just say, uh, can I help you? The woman looks into the door and just goes, hello, I was looking for a, uh, and she kind of checks her real quick, a, a baron who lives here. Is, is he home? Uh, no, he is out. Oh, dear. That's a shame. I, this is not exactly a location that's in the way. I, I'm sorry, we, 
actually don't have a record of anyone living with Baron. May, may I ask your name? Um, I'm just house sitting. How how long is Baron going to be gone? Uh, not very, but he doesn't like to leave his dog alone. Ah, very responsible pet owner. Uh, she makes a couple notes and she goes, You look familiar. Do I know you from somewhere? Uh, probably not. I, I get that a lot. I have a very common face. Hmm. Uh, and she goes, if you'll excuse me for ju- just a moment, I, I, I'd like to just check something real quick. And she pulls out uh, a phone and begins tapping a, a bit on it. Oh, no, I suppose we haven't met, but uh, I was actually looking for you. We were under the impression that you had died, Enif. Uh, Enif is going to get super on edge um, and just say, um, what do you want from me? Uh, we were, I mean, th- technically nothing. We, again, under the assumption you had passed uh, until the, the investigation into the, the destruction of your store went by, um, I guess right now all I want to do is just say that it's it's very good to see that you're alive and hopefully well. I suppose it would make sense that you would stay out here after such a traumatic event. Who are you? Oh, my apologies. Uh, I am Agent Mendez. I am with the agency. I am checking in with some of Agent Franks's deputized citizens and trying to make sure that we clear up any miscommunication there might have been. And uh, what kind of miscommunication would that be? Well, as I, as I told my previous stop, um, we went to go get a debrief from you after the mission we had assigned you to at the, the Psycho Circus, as it was titled, I believe, yes. Um, and you all seemed to flee the area. We couldn't even find you afterwards after as we swept the area to find any trace of the monster or collect any additional information. And we wanted to try and understand why it seemed that you had fled from us. Well, we weren't exactly fleeing from you specifically. The mission that you had assigned us, the area of impact had expanded, and we were trying to track down this thing that you asked us to track down. Uh, she, she gives you a, a smile and just goes, well, that matches the, the story I have received so far, so I suppose that explains it. I apologize for any confusion there. just wanted to make sure you all understood that you are working at the discretion of the agency. Your involvement in the affairs of hunting the monsters of this town is a breach in security that has been allowed out of necessity. And it's your team in particular has been an area of interest due to the the makeup of it. I understand that the Baron, the one who I had intended to visit here, isn't, well, human, per se. Well, when he gets back, you can talk to him about that. I just want to make sure that, well, our debrief at the 
camp and during a few other missions suggests that his abilities, his form, I suppose, isn't entirely stable. Can you confirm this? Has his condition ever put you in a position of threat? Mm. No. He's helped me more than anything. I just wanted to make sure that you were safe. Our records and our, our vast stores of research data concerning the monsters, um, we've seen a few cases like Baron's, and they... I, I might, maybe I, I shouldn't say this, but they aren't exactly sustainable. And, well... I just want to make sure that he's still stable for the time being, and thank you for the information. Just keep an eye out, alright? Uh, don't know when exactly these kinds of things tend to snap, and that is what tends to happen eventually. It just all snaps back into place. And what do you plan to do with these uh, situations that do prove to be unstable? We'll do what we always do. We will defend the people of this town from the monsters that threaten it. If Baron proves that he is one of those monsters, we will take the steps we must. But you probably still have some recovery to do. That explosion seemed like it probably did a number on you. I'll let you get back to your recovery. I'm sorry for interrupting you, and sorry if I gave you any some sort of scare. Well, have a good day. Turning uh, us all against each other. Or giving us a... It's been about two days since your trip to the archives of Town Hall, and you uh, have been trying to get in a few of your odd jobs in here and there to continue making money, especially now that you potentially have to buy food for two people for the foreseeable future while Enif gets back on their feet. It is getting a little on into the evening as you return home, I guess, by public transit. You still don't have a truck, right? With, that's That's been impounded for God knows how long. Yeah, I don't think I've made enough money to even think about getting another one. Yeah, I spent all that money on actually buying your land. Um, and as you're walking down the street from the closest bus stop to your cabin, uh, you see a figure silhouetted in one of the street lights. Uh, the street is completely empty otherwise. As you approach, uh, that figure lifts its head and looks at you and speaks in a familiar voice. He says, Well, well, well. Baron. It's, well, I would say long time no see, but it's been, what, a week? And as you get closer, the figure resolves itself into the, the red curly hair and the slightly sharper than natural teeth of the vampire from the Psycho Circus. You... What are you doing here? I'm... here... trying... a different tact. Oh, so you don't want to kill us now? Well, that's not really on the table, unfortunately. I'm always going... well, not you, maybe, but I'm always going to want to kill your... friends. It's in our nature, Baron. But I'm trying to come from a more peaceful stance. I'm sure if you haven't felt it yet, you'll feel it soon. The weakness of it all. 
we were no longer the focus of of the forest that spawned us. We're we're, we're losing our allowance, for lack of a better phrase. So we've just been kind of discarded, I guess. More or less, we're still going to feed it when we feed, or when I feed, I suppose. You seem to have gone somewhat vegan, I guess. But, well, it's it's a toddler with a new toy we've been tossed into the refuse bin. Why would, I mean, why would we be kind of gotten rid of uh, the darkness that spawned us has found a new way of acquiring what it seeks from the mortals. We aren't as efficient, and so the uh, amount of power we require has been deemed not worth it. Well, I would say that's a good thing, but I'm worried about whatever else it's deciding to do to the town, which... You wouldn't happen to know, would you? Unfortunately, no. Much like you don't just inherently know about the monsters, neither do I. But I'm seeking an ally. I don't expect you to turn around and help me just yet, not after our little fight. And oh, I came so close to eating that little fortune teller of yours, but I'm sorry. Old habits die hard, but keep an eye out for anything that might be a way to not just fizzle out and die. You're going to be feeling the effects as strongly as I am. I don't know when, because you're something of an oddity, but... Just don't... Remember what I warned you. You're no different than me. And without the darkness that feeds us, you'll really see that soon. And with a fluidity that's terrifying in a, a human-like form, he seems to almost just dissolve into the shadows. Man, everybody's got to be so cryptic in this world. As you make your way back to your home, it might just be that he got into your head, but you feel yourself getting much more exhausted by the simple act of walking home. Enith, at some point uh, the day after all of those scenes, uh, you receive a text from Frank's number mentioning that there's a new thing in the dead drop. Uh, you all arrange for, for I guess, Balanos on our way home from work, uh, stop at the dead drop and, and pick up the contents. And then you all gather in Balanos's apartment now, unless you guys want to gather in Baron's home. I mean, I mean I the dead drop's probably closer to probably in closer town. To, yeah, probably yeah. closer to Balanos's. It's like down the street. It's like it's like down like down the block from my my shop where my shop used to be. Yeah, it's the the apartment I think is just outside of like downtown and Veritate was like in downtown. So it's definitely not that far. Uh but yeah, so you guys gather in Balanus's apartment, uh sitting in the living room space as Balanus opens up the dead drop to provide you all with the info 
and the info is fairly sparse this time, whereas the Psycho Circus was a sting operation carefully planned by the agency that you all fucked up terribly. Um, this one is a more broad one. There have been weird reports coming from northwestern Monsdale reporting uh, disappearances, but these reports have come in extremely late, long after the person in question, you know, disappeared. Like, family members are waiting days, weeks occasionally to... to well, not weeks, because that doesn't work in the timeline. They're waiting days to report these disappearances. And the, the agency has uh, reason to believe through their other studies that something supernatural is going on there. But there hasn't been any sightings of anything monstrous. So they're sending you all to investigate the area. They have something of a, a, a main street where a lot of these disappearances seem like they might have happened. Uh, but beyond that, they don't have a lot of information to go on. They don't have a list of people that did disappear? Yeah, they've got a list of names. Okay. They, they just don't have any like huge supernat- uh, supernatural listing of like, there were teeth in this corner, and there was a dragon flown overhead. It, it's <laughs> Smash cut to Kurnunos just standing on that street, looking on, going, well, I don't know what I'd find here, but not finding much. <laughs> uh, yep, that's a street, all right. And Isaac, as you look over all this information, uh, you feel Iris's hand just ever so slightly on your shoulder, and you descend into a vision. I'm going to need your roll plus weird. Plus weird. How weird are you? Uh, 14. 14. You get a clear vision. Um, You see uh, this main street. You see people walking up and down it, visiting shops, uh, enjoying food um, in in some of the restaurants there. How nice that would be if the world was like that, huh? Mm -hmm. Um, And in this vision... Everything seems pretty fine. Um, you see a, a mother walking with her child, and you see a, a, a whole family sitting outside in big coats eating pizza outside of a pizza salon. And then you look back, and that mother is no longer walking with her child, uh, despite the fact that they were hand-in-hand, and she just continues to walk down the street and... There's no point at which the smile leaves her face, and you are suddenly back in the living room. Hey, Chris, I need to roll the roll the tape back. You said the phrase "pizza salon." <laughs> <laughs> yep, you did. And I have questions. What was I looking for? Pizza parlor. Pizza parlor. Pizza parlor. <laughs> Pizzeria. Pizza parlor was definitely the one I was thinking of. Pizza salon. You know, I didn't even, I didn't flinch at that. I thought that's perfectly natural. It's been so long since we've been out. We don't know what pizza comes in anymore. <laughs> my, my reaction was so delayed because I was like, now before I make a fool of myself, let me Google pizza salon. <laughs> that's not a thing. All right. No, 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 no. Okay, but now the real question is, what popped up when you Google pizza salon? Yeah. Uh, like, <laughs> like a like a pizza a pizzeria in France, and the word salon means a different thing there. Okay. <laughs> I was about to I'm say, I was like, how crazy would that be if like a fucking hair salon slash pizza shop 
Like existed. Uh, it just reminds me of that XKCD of life before the pandemic. I miss when arcades let you take toys from the bin with your hand instead of using that stupid claw. <laughs> I love that when I googled it, it, it literally it actually made Google confused. Like it, it, it literally gave like, me like sure a bunch of. You want? It gave me a bunch of things for like hair places, but then it also was like the secret to making quality restaurant pizza. <laughs> We're trying to give you what you want. What do you want? It literally what just fucking it? merged them all together. There is the retro room salon and lounge, which just appears to be a bar. Yep. Maybe they serve pizza. That's what God, it is. I hope so. Um, but yeah, Isaac, you, you come back from that vision, uh, wondering what a pizza salon is, but more focused on the supernatural element. <laughs> uh, so just to clarify, the child is suddenly missing and the mother is still walking as if as if nothing happened. Nothing had happened. Um, this is going to be an odd clarification. If a person's walking, normally they swing their arms. Um, if you're holding someone's hand, normally your arm is not swinging as much. I so think you could. It'd just be really uncomfortable for the other person. You could. Person. <laughs> yes. Um, does the mother look like she's still holding the child's arm? Or, like, is her hand still in a grip? Or is she walking normally as if she has no intention of holding someone's hand next to her? That's a great question. I think her hand was probably, like, no longer gripping, but it was still kind of in the stance of holding the hand. Like, her arm's still, like, down at her side where we're reaching out to, like, where the child's arm had been reaching up to it, but, like, it's no longer clasping down as if something was there. Okay. Child model has failed to load. Okay, yeah, my question was essentially, is the child invisible? Um, But it seems like no, and that's just kind of her way of... Whatever the word is I'm looking for. Um, I'm not going to remember. My mind is half shut off right now for some reason. Um, It's the pizza slot. Anyway. um, I I think I had a, a vision of another disappearance. Um... It's it's on the street. There's going to be a, a child that goes missing. Do you know what the child looks like? Um, let me remember. Uh, what kind of discerning features can I make out about both the, the mother and the child? Uh, the mother is, we'll say, like, long brown hair of Hispanic consent. <laughs> Hispanic consent. consent. <laughs> Wow. Fucking... You okay? <laughs> no, obviously Do you not. You want to drink some water? Oh my God. <laughs> Hispanic consent and pizza salons. Wow. <laughs> that's, the name, that's, that's the name of the pizza salon. <laughs> Hispanic consent. <laughs> they also serve tacos. It's the most confusing place I've ever found. <laughs> really good pizza and really good paella. All right, <laughs> all right, Dom. Do you know paella what uh, what restaurant MCR is sponsored by next? <laughs> or before if if you if you include it in the, the radio for this arc it's gonna be uh, so confusing until they get to this point I'll write that down oh boy oh, man. okay um jesus hispanic descent uh long brown hair um wearing like a a nice maroon pea coat and the, the child is wearing like a a kid's version of that pea coat and kind of just has like really frizzy brown hair i see well we can uh 
I suppose start casing the area and trying to find who these people are. Check the Hispanic consent pizza salon first. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Quick, let me let me Google that. Did any did the did you see what uh, what took the child or did it just disappear? Yeah, it just disappeared. That's the is the is the child male or female, Chris, or can we not tell? female okay um, asking too many questions sorry how can we define npcs how could you sorry this is a missing child case i need to know all the details um, being fbi agents here yeah she just disappeared um it was you know they were they were walking down the street the mom was holding her hand and then all of a sudden the kid was just gone and the mom was still walking as if nothing had happened oh no that is definitely super strange well, I mean, there's nothing really for us to do. There's besides go there and and figure out if if maybe maybe we can find this mother. Maybe you can see her. Maybe we can stop this from happening. Um, but besides this list of names, we really don't have much to go on right now. Perhaps we should split up. Some people attempt to find this uh, mother and child, and others begin to um, interview. Maybe the. Uh, Relatives of those who have gone missing. That's a good idea. I'd I'd like to visit some of the people on this list and maybe see if there's... See... I might be able to see any traces of magic or supernatural around them or their home. Just to see if there's any mm, odd things going on. It it seems based on, like, kind of of what you said, Isaac. It almost appears to them as if the person really hasn't left actually either so. haven't left or maybe they forgot that they ever existed i wonder if you go and speak with their families if they'll realize that the person is missing yeah so um yeah i mean i'm open to i guess i'll go with enif and kind of interview some people and see if at least on that na- list of names we can figure out what they know Mm, it's right. a good idea. Isaac, you and I can try to find these people, I suppose. Isaac looks visibly uncomfortable. Um, actually, if it's okay, um, Enif, do you mind if I come with you? Um, sure, if if you want to. Um, Baron, so. what, what's what's the name of Baron's dog again? Bella. Bella. Uh, thank, thank you. Yours. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Baron, does does Bella have a good nose? Uh, I've been you know trying to trying to teach her to you know at least follow sense and stuff as we kind of do our walks through and around the forest. So she might be able to pick something up. Mm, we don't, might want to think. We might don't wanna, ask the world of her. <laughs> we might want to think about bringing her. Um, if if any of these families have items of their loved ones. We might be able to, might not be able to find a trail, but maybe if Bella picks up the scent somewhere else, we might at least be able to figure out where they were last or figure out if there's any traces of them somewhere else. Okay. Well, yeah, I can go get her and uh, can at least bring her along. I mean, I'm sure she'll be at least a, at least helpful maybe in, uh, you know, some emotional support, I guess. Um. Well, I mean... Okay, um, then you and, uh, you and Cornelius can go, uh, interview people, and, uh, I guess I can go with, 
Isaac to go see if we can track down this mother and child, since he's the only one who really knows what she looks like. Alright, um, okay. Enough. Be careful. Uh, you're supposed to be dead. Just, uh, you know, don't don't draw attention to yourself, I suppose. Uh, yeah. I mean, I can... Mm, I guess I can dye my hair again and wear a hat or something. Try and we'll find you in disguise. As, as terrible as it seems, I, I, I do honestly believe that having people think that you're dead is... Uh, a good alternative at the moment. I I have would like to agree with you. I don't really necessarily want the cult finding me again. So, um, I'm pretty sure Enif dyed their hair like black last time. So, um, I think oh, wait, so- something <laughs> dyed her their hair black. <laughs> wait, what? An explosion. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I actually did. I think they actually did go and they, like they actually dyed their hair. Um, but, uh, I think Edith is gonna, like, uh, maybe borrow some scissors from Balanos or something and, uh, cut their hair as short as possible. Um, and, like, basically be a super short pixie cut black and then, uh, maybe borrow a hat from Balanos or something, um, to try and disguise themselves as much as possible. Try to, try to blend in as much as possible. Sunglasses, a scarf, and... You went to get a hat from Kronos and you opened up the closet and it's nothing but, like, Antler themed headdresses. <laughs> I, like, I, thought like this, I thought it'd be the same outfit, like on every single like hanger, basically. He's a cartoon character who wears the same thing every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so Enif might actually borrow some clothes from Balanos to that seem a little bit um, more uh, uh, more normal compared to what they normally wear, um, so that they can blend in a little bit better. <laughs> Enif e- e- looks like Yusuke uh, when he was trying to lay low after people thought he was dead in Yu Yu Hakusho. Just following around his family members. Enif's um, carrying around like a, uh, like a newspaper with two holes cut out in them. <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, stake out. You all, you all prepare Enif uh, redoing their hair and, and getting some new clothes from Balanos and everyone getting their stuff together. Um, and um, you all get ready to, to head out the door and to try and figure out what's going to happen to that kid. As he, as he, you all file out the door, Balanos waves and just goes, Good luck, and uh, don't let any of yourselves get taken, I suppose. Mm. I, mm. I hadn't thought of that. Yes, don't get taken. <laughs>